All right. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Infinite Expansion Podcast brought to you by The Last American Vagabond. I'm going to be your host, Tim. So today I wanted to take a little time to talk about the marijuana movement. Um, obviously, this is something that a lot of people are already kind of familiar with. Um, we see it in the news. They understand, you know, that it's becoming more legal. It's becoming less of a stigma. But I wanted to actually go a little bit farther behind the scenes, kind of go under the hood a little bit of this movement and talk about some things that don't often get discussed, kind of what this movement is turning into, what's the structure under the hood. Um, we just hear the word legalization and we think everything's great, but a lot of people aren't looking kind of beyond that into what is going on under the hood. And to talk about this, I wanted to bring on none other than the founder of The Last American Vagabond. Uh, this is actually, I think, our first podcast together, which is pretty cool. Uh, yes, it's it about is. time. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to bring on Ryan Christian. Uh, welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me on, Tim. Yes. So um, before we start looking at some of the stuff under the hood, I wanted first just to kind of introduce the movement, kind of what, what, what is, where's the marijuana movement at right now? Um, what what are we looking at at the current moment? Well, I mean, it's it's such a broad question. I think that the best way to understand where it is now is to kind of understand where it started, in in essence. And you know, really, when I when I first created the Last American Vagabond, it was all about cannabis. That's kind of where it was focused, and we've we've really kind of followed along with the the progression of the whole movement. And you know, I really personally believe that it it really has a foundation in in civil you know civil rights. And that, you know, the, the whole thing kind of centers around the idea of freedom of choice and freedom to do what you will with your own body or to grow what you want or any, any of those type of things. And that marijuana was simply something that the public could get behind because it's something that, you know, we all know that everybody smokes cannabis. I mean, it's one of those kind of, uh, you know, taboo topics, but everybody, you know, smokes cannabis these days, you know. And so it was something that people could really get behind. And so it was it was led into the public view as a cannabis movement. And obviously the, the primary idea was freedom of cannabis and being able to do what you want, smoke it, using for medical purposes, whatever. But that it kind of surged this idea of civil liberties, civil, ju civil justice. And so now what we're seeing it is it's spread to the point to where most states are on board with trying to make it legal to some regard, whether that's medical, recreational. And the federal government is kind of just pretending now like it's not happening. I mean, we've come to the point where it's pretty obvious what the public wants. I mean, you know, if we're still pretending to be a democracy, the, the majority clearly wants legalization in some aspect. But right now they're just kind of pretending not to pay attention to it. And I think that all stems from the idea that they want to maintain control of it. You know, it really comes back to the state fed dynamic, really. And how many do you know off the top of your head how many states it is fully legal? How many have decriminalized? Uh, off the top of your head? Uh, off the top of my head, I believe the last time I checked, it was about 33 states that were legal in, in some fashion, plus uh, Washington, D.C. is, is uh, you know, not a state, but still has... That, funny enough, Washington, D.C. has recreational legalized marijuana, which is funny to me that that's their, their home hub, and it's the, like one of the first places. <laughs> but right uh -huh. now, it's about 33, as I remember, and then we have other, other countries doing it as well. Such as, you know, you know, there's other, you know, there are a lot of countries that have had it legalized for a while now, but as far as the United States is concerned, I think, I think we're going to see 
easily the majority of the rest of the states come on board, and whether that be medical or recreational, within the next couple of years. As of right now, I believe there's at least four other states that have legislation in progress right now. Yeah, and I also think that almost all the states now have, for the most part, decriminalized it to a certain extent, where it's mostly maybe you'll pay a fine or it's not the legal ramifications are not as strong. Um, mm-hmm. While we do see outlier cases here and there, you know, when they want to put their teeth in and show what they can do. But for the most part, I think that it's that trend is pretty common. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say before we go into some other aspects? What would you say some of the positives of this movement are? Because we're going to go into some things that we need, we're going to have to work through. But there's there's no doubt there's been a lot of positive change to this. And what do you what, what are some of those areas you think uh, are at? Well. Coming from the from the first part of the question, it, it really stems again into you know just civil rights, and I believe that this is a huge step to open up not only you know the idea of of maintaining our civil rights, but opening people's eyes to the idea that the people still have a, a pretty great amount of power when they can come together and decide on one thing and then make their voice heard. Because we know that there's plenty of things we all agree on, but as, unless we can stand up and unanimously speak out, which is pretty hard to do these days then nothing is going to change. But that's one of the first things that I really think is the civil rights aspect is really on the table now. It, you know, it's, it's always been a hot topic, but we're seeing now today that, that we can actually see change happen. But outside of that, I think just the medical industry is the biggest aspect. I mean, we're seeing as much as they're continuing to try to deny it left and right. I mean, they're just actively denying the fact that it still has any medical properties. It's still a schedule one substance, which for people that don't know pretty much just means that it's, it's, you know, they, it's claimed to have zero medical properties. And, and be highly addictive, two things we know are, you know, wildly untrue about cannabis. But we're seeing the medical aspect grow in all regards. We're, you know, we're seeing all the holistic medicine pop off everywhere. People are starting to find ways to, I mean, you go all the way back to, to Rick Simpson with his, you know, Phoenix Tears Foundation. And now, you know, th- those kind of things are everywhere now. You can find CBD oil all over any place where it's, le- you know, legalized medically. There's just 50 different choices these days. And I, I love that. I mean, the idea of choice is what this country should be all about. And so, you know, being able to choose your own medical asp- you know, medical uh, direction is, is a huge part of that for me. Right. I'm with but you, um, especially like when you're talking about the medicine aspect, but also like as we were talking just before, you know, if you were to ask people five, 10 years ago, uh, would marijuana be where it is today? A lot of most people would have thought you were crazy. I remember telling people I was kind of belie- I kind of believed it was going this direction, but I was always hit with tons of resistance and, but which is, what is awesome is that it shows that change, you know, is still possible. It's not easy and it takes a lot of work, but it's, it's there. I mean, it can happen. I mean, we can see it in the last five to 10 years that it's not just the legal part, but the stigma. I mean, I know so many people who had massive reservations and just, you know, concrete beliefs on it. And that, and those have largely disappeared. People look at it in the same regard as, say, alcohol. It's just, it's a something. If you want to do, it's a personal choice, and it's not like it's you know the stigma is is totally starting to disappear, which is very exciting to me. Right. That's just people, you know, kind of shaking off the propaganda. You know, it's it's hard for most people to to break away from that narrative. It's been it's been indoctrinated into us since we were born. And that even even those of us that are awake, uh, you know, or people that are well, you know, been smoking their whole lives, will still find that they have those 
those you know stigmas in their mind, whether it be addiction or that it causes cancer. You know, even people that are active you know, advocates for cannabis still don't even realize that they have a few of those those you know propagandized ideas that stay with them. You know, and it's just, it's just funny that we can't shake those off, even though we're awake to it. Right. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit here. And so I wanted to go into the main reason of this podcast was to go into some, some a little bit deeper issues on the marijuana movement because it's happening now. The movement is, is happening, okay? So, and, and I think the established system, they know that they can't really stop this from happening, but they can potentially hijack the movement and, 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 and structure it in a way that benefits them. And one of those ways that we see forming is big marijuana and how, um, you know, it's, it's kind of creating a central control of how marijuana is sold, grown, um, and it's kind of forming kind of like a cartel of companies. Could you maybe go into a little bit how this legalization movement is leading to what many refer to as big marijuana, kind of like how big pharma has come about in the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah, well, you know, we've seen a rise of a corporate entity behind pretty much anything that can produce a profit in this country. I mean, you, you're going to see that build behind any anything that they find could produce money for them. And we're seeing the same thing with cannabis today. And really, it's it's coming down to kind of the same thing we said a second ago with the Fed, the federal versus state dynamic. And they're just making sure to keep it quasi legal. It really gives them the control at the end of the day. As long as they can still claim at a federal level that cannabis is illegal, they have complete control. They can pull, they can pull licenses. They can make it illegal again. They can do whatever they want. And so it just, it gives them that power. And I think the biggest one that ties into it is kind of making growing marijuana personally still illegal, which is the way I believe is still in Washington. And, and, you know, many, many advocates will speak out about that. A lot of activists will speak out saying that that is just simply another measure of their control. And, you know, is until we can grow it ourselves and it's completely legal in that regard, it's still, that's not freedom. You know what I mean? We should be able to grow it in our backyards for, you know, it's, it's a plant. It's something we should be able to do on our own time. And in doing that, it allows them to continue to funnel all the money into tax-driven business, which continues to push the money to the system. Right. I think uh, you made up a great point. Like, we can't settle. Uh, this isn't really, you know, it's like we got, oh, we got a little treat. Oh, you know, we made it. And I don't think that's, you know, that's smart for us. Um, and some of the stuff that I've uncovered uh, doing some more research for this uh, article or this uh, podcast is like some of the ways they do that is, for example, in Florida, they gave away five licenses to growers, five licenses for the whole state to grow. And you can see right there, I mean, who's going to get these licenses? Obviously, people who are politically connected. Uh, they're not just going to give it to Joe Schmo over there who wants to, you know, just have his own personal business. It's, it's a big business. So one of the ways they do that is is licensing, um, and that's you know that, you could call that regulation. Um, another way that I've found is you know taxes. Um, they, there's a lot. There's, they put a lot of taxes. Why why necessarily does this need to be so taxed so high? Um, why it actually is making marijuana more expensive than what it used to be. Um, also, like you know, like I said, license before. If you have anything on your record, if you have you know anything, you're not going to get a license to grow. And this is these have been heavily contested issues in many states. In Ohio, it was a big thing. I think it was like, I don't want to quote the exact number, but 10 to 13 licenses only uh, for the whole state. And there was a big pushback. Uh, actually, a lot of people 
currently in the quasi-legal marijuana business, we're actually against some of the legalization measures because of these reasons. Um, and so we don't really see that stuff behind the scenes. We just think, oh, legalization, great. But we don't really see how it's forming, how it's really forming into big business. And with all these regulations and taxes and then all these other things, what happens is small businesses, then they can't compete. And then also, then they have to look to Wall Street big money, who then get heavily involved. And really, that's all about the bottom line. And look, I understand business is, you know, it's, this, it's still a business in, in, in the greater scheme of things. But you don't want a bunch of, when you get all this money that only cares about profit and has no other, is not really connected to the, the roots of the movement and freedom and civil liberties like you talked about, I think that opens up a can of worms that maybe we don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, pe- what people don't realize is that the medical marijuana industry is a billion dollar industry. There, there's just, there's so much money. It's, it's, the, it's the new up, up and coming industry for the elites to jump on top of. And, you know, as it was before it became quasi legal, it, it, what they fought tooth and nail to keep it illegal because all of their money was invested in things that cannabis could stand to replace. So now that it's become in this middle ground, they're now fighting to keep it that way, the same way they were before. They want to keep it medical marijuana. They don't want legalization because they found their ways to profit from the current status quo. And so they're actively fighting to keep it that way. And I think even if they do legalize it, that could still limit the number of licenses. They can heavily regulate it, heavily tax it. Uh, Now all that money then funnels back into the system. And really, is that real freedom? Um, I don't personally believe so, but... You know, is it a step in the right direction? I don't know. Uh, yes, but it's not like it, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, decriminalization could be almost more of a step in the direction if it promotes all these small businesses. So I don't know. It's something that is at least in this discussion that we're not having enough in this movement that I think needs to happen more. Um, mm-hmm. And so, kind of branching into the next under the hood topic uh, is GMOs and marijuana, um, something. I don't think that's talked about at all. Um, now, there was a rumor going around, for, or there was a story going around for a while that Monsanto had developed GMO marijuana. Uh, it was actually turned out to be from a false news site. But could you maybe go into a little bit about GMOs and marijuana and, and where, where this movement might, where this potential problem or might be at right now? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that GMOs in, 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 its, in essence are a very dangerous thing. And it's something that it's, you know, it, to think that a company would not put their interest into something like cannabis, knowing that it's such a huge market, knowing that they could profit wildly if they get on it first. It's ridiculous and naive to think that somebody, you know, multiple people aren't actively trying to do that. But as far as I know, there is the first one that I was made aware of, I actually covered this uh, about a year ago, is a group called Prairie Plant Systems Incorporated. And they were, they were based out of Canada. They began to uh, mass produce cannabis and they were given basically the license to mass produce cannabis for Canada. And the company is literally known, their, their primary objective is genetic modification of plants to fulfill specific needs, most currently plant-based pharmaceuticals. So that's what this company does. And so they have the contract exclusively to do this. And so to think that they're not actively doing this now, and this was a year ago. It's, it's, you know, it's just naive. I mean, it, it's happening as far as I'm concerned. I don't have any verifiable proof, but it's, it's GMOs are everywhere. And they didn't ask our permission to do any, any number of the things they're doing now. So 
to think that they wouldn't ask. If they didn't ask for that. They're probably doing it as we speak. But right. you know, she she she's spoken out about the fact that the cannabis already has been actually her name um, her name is Dr. Fidelia Cassini. I think uh, Huffington Post actually did an article about her, and she actively spoke out about the fact that she found chemicals within cannabis right you know today that are highly suggestive of GMO traits, which doesn't necessarily mean for certain that it was. But she also says that they they're you know uh, a journal I think called Plant Biotechnology Journal has already demonstrated that they genetically modified other plants to produce higher chemicals, say like the poppy plant to produce 30% more opium. You know, so they're actively trying to figure these things out. So it's, it's, in my opinion, it's already happening. Right. I think you make up a good point there that they, they, they don't tell us they're going to do these things before they do it. They do them, they get caught, and then we learn they're doing them. I mean, this right. is, you can look at all throughout history and find this going on, especially then when you look into companies that are probably doing it, which are like Monsanto and DuPont. And, and while we don't have, I don't have a scientifically verified paper that they're 100% doing it, to believe that they're not working on it behind the scenes, I think is totally naive at best. And to think that this is not something that's going to come uh, that's going to become a bigger topic moving forward is also, I think, completely naive. And then if you think about it, you're giving, okay, you're giving only a few licenses away. You're giving them to potentially big money, big companies. To think that GMOs then are not going to start coming into play, or if not already in play, um, mm -hmm. I think you're you're really lying to yourself. If you don't, if you don't at least see that there's probably some connections there and then it needs to be discussed and looked into more um so i think this is also a very important topic that just just we don't talk about very much in in the in uh, the marijuana movement it's just all oh, legalization yep done great over you know it's so that's, much more complex than that right that's a great point to bring up too is that you know just because legislation comes through that claims to be legalizing we shouldn't just jump on it. I mean, that's such a, you know, there are, there are a lot of stipulations within all of these things. There's even riders that go along with legislation that we should be aware of. But just the point is that they could pass legislation that feigns legalization, but really gives them complete control over the industry. And that's exactly what we need to be aware of. Yeah. And I want to go last little topic before we end. I wanted to discuss hemp a little bit. Now, I understand some people probably know what hemp is, but I feel like a lot of people who smoke marijuana, who are or, or for the movement, don't even know what hemp is, uh, to be honest. I, I would venture a lot of people don't. So I was wondering if you could explain what hemp is a little bit and how it is different from marijuana and kind of explain what we can use it for, what of its purposes, and, and kind of what is the legal status of hemp going forward. Okay. Um, you know, well, hemp is – I mean, I think the history is the best place to start there as well, is that the idea of hemp – the reason that people aren't aware of what it really is or the fact that it's, you know, it, it's muddied is that you go all the way back to the beginning of illegalization of hemp with uh, the Hearst family and DuPont and, you know, really that, you know, basically infringing on their timber rights. Um, they, they decided to kind of muddy the waters between what hemp and, and back then it was called marijuana with an H because people didn't know what marijuana was. They'd never heard of that before. And so they, they kind of muddied the two together and then slipped it through saying this, you know, this encroaching uh, Mexican force with their marijuana, that's, they, they made it all about the Mexicans crossing over to the United States are a very dangerous thing. 
And so they scared everyone up. That's when you're seeing, you know, you read for madness type of stuff down the line come out, that same kind of scare tactic. And passed the uh, Marijuana um, Taxation Act, which was essentially legalization, but gave, kept the rights for the, the elite to be able to use it. But they essentially illegalized hemp and marijuana together as a whole, making them think it was only marijuana. And the sad part is that at that point in time, they were using hemp for paper, for rope on their for sales on their ships for a number of things medicine and so if the public was actually aware that they were illegalizing hemp they would have rioted but they can they tricked everybody essentially and so then the time went on and hemp just continued to fall out of use except for very specific things like the navy continued to use hemp well past its illegalization which is funny but you know once it was illegalized people just forgot about it so it fell out of the common use but really hemp in itself is just another genus of the cannabis plant it's you know, as, as far as I know, there are three different types of cannabis, um, like marijuana cannabis, which is uh, it's um, indica, sativa, and ruderalis. Most people don't even know that ruderalis is another type. Um, and then hemp is just another another type of the same plant. It doesn't have any THC. Well, it has very, very small amounts of THC, typically about 0.03%, which you can't get high off of. And, and really, it's just, it's a stock, you know, uh, hardy type of plant that can be used for a multitude of things, primarily rope and, and paper and things like that. And, and really hemp can produce four times as much paper as any trees. So, I mean, everything about it is better. Medicine, all these different things. And really that, in my opinion, is why it's forcefully illegalized because it stands to replace all of these different things that people have all their money invested in. And also really just, they're afraid to admit they've been wrong for so long. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna stand out and say, hey, sorry, we've been wrong for a hundred years. Go ahead and use it now. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Gonna right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I learned that the the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp mm -hmm. paper. Uh, yeah. But I think you bring up a great point that it's it's just a major threat to all the established industries and established systems want to remain relevant and established. They, that biggest threat is competitors breaking apart established systems. Uh, and hemp has the ability to break apart a lot of established systems. It's very easy to grow. It's very right. durable, strong. You can build houses out of hemp. Um, actually, I might try to yes. drop a link in the show notes about I've um, seen some really beautiful houses built out of hemp. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very strong fiber. Uh, it can be used in tons of industrial activities um, as well as, I guess, medicinal purposes. I don't know as much on those uh, areas, but... Uh, it's considered one of the most versatile plants in the world, or if not the most versatile plant in the world. I think the only reason people are afraid to say the most versatile is because they're afraid to get, you know, all the non-believers to crack down on them. But as far as all the research that I've seen, easily the most versatile plant on the planet. You know, it, it, the, the industrial side of it is fantastic as far as building paper, rope, all these different things. But the medical side is is phenomenal. I mean, that's all cannabis and everything, but hemp specifically has fantastic medical properties that will stand to replace just a million different pharmaceutical drugs that already don't work. So that's dangerous for them. What, what's the, uh, what's the current legal status on hemp? I know it is used in some things like I've seen lotion, hemp lotion, some other mm -hmm. things. What, what is the, the legal status of hemp? It's very, again, it's very weird and quasi legal because as more people become aware of the fact that hemp is not cannabis, at least the psychoactive cannabis that they're actively fighting against, it's kind of, you know, this weird middle ground. And I mean, even not, not only, not even a couple years ago, the Navy actually stopped ordering specific yogurt because it had hemp seeds in it because it was illegal. 
really, which is ridiculous because there's no, there's no, you can't get high off a hemp seed. But I think they were just trying to make a point about it. But right now you can buy hemp seeds at the store. You can go out and order hemp clothing, but growing hemp right now in most places is still illegal. And I think that what's funny is that why would they allow you? I mean, as far as I know, USA is one of the largest importers of hemp in the world. (laughs) So it's, it's such a, it's such a hypocrisy to, to say it's illegal, but then take in the most of it in the world. But it's, it's, it's just, it's them keeping control of it. They're allowing us to eat it, use it in every regard, but then they won't let us grow it because then we could produce our own. That's what it comes yeah, down to. I totally agree. Growing it would open up a whole can of worms and hurt a lot of big business. Um, that, and obviously that's not what they want to see. All right, mm-hmm. to, to wrap it up here, where do, you, where do you see this going forward? Where do you see the marijuana movement going forward? And where, what would you like to, what kind, of, what kind of advice would you li- like listeners to uh, take uh, kind of moving forward with this movement? Well, I honestly think that what we're going to see, we're going to see something shift and change within the next few election cycles here, or not even not even presidential election cycles, but just, you know, we're going to see somebody, I don't know who it will be, which they're already starting to see, but we're going to see somebody make this their platform, just 100% legalizing cannabis, which is already kind of happening. And well, Gary and, Johnson, and, sorry to interrupt, but I think Gary Johnson already is kind of trying to use that platform, mm-hmm. the libertarian candidate. Right. And we're going to see it happen more and more. I mean, really, it's going to be, you know, which is funny because it shouldn't be used that way. It's unfortunate. It should be a freedom issue, but really they're just using it as a political power, you know, PowerPoint. But, it, you know, it's going to happen because they're going to continue to push it into the public eye. They already know that Americans as a whole, I think it's like 73 percent at this point, want it to be legalized in some fashion, whether that be medical or recreational. So we're going to see it shift. It's going to push in the next couple of years or, you know, maybe sooner than that. But my, my advice for people is just to keep an open mind with this stuff and don't just jump on the first thing that they're out there. Because if history has shown us anything, they are going to attempt to manipulate this entire process. So we need to keep our eyes open and fight for 100% decriminalization and legalization. We need to be able to grow it in our backyards, smoke it in the street, do whatever you want with it. You know, you use cannabis oil on, on your, you know, for whatever, any purpose you find it need for, you know, that's what you should be using it for. So that's what you don't settle for anything less than that. You need to speak out about it. Go out and get in the ears of your politicians and your local legislature and make sure that people know this is important to us. I, I Frank, find it absolutely ridiculous that we can have such a vast majority of the country that wants something and it doesn't even get discussed barely. I, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm totally with you. We, we should not stop until it's 100% legal and 100% decriminalized. Um, China, stopping short because we got a little cookie is like, is so we cannot let that happen. That's what they want to happen. Uh, that's what they want us to do. Like, oh, it's legalized. Uh, we got a big cartel that's running it. Don't worry about a thing. Go back to sleep. Now, that's mm-hmm. exactly what they want. But I, I don't think that I personally think that this movement, I think it's going to catapult all over the world. It already kind of is. Uh, you have Australia looking to, more towards it. you got a lot of countries. A lot of countries, it's not even like maybe it's illegal, but it's not really a big deal at all. Um, I, I think soon it's going to be, you know, in tw- 10, 20 years, I don't think there's going to be most countries, it's going to be fully legal at that point. But right. like uh, like we talked about, we have to push it forward. The movement is evolving. Now it's about now, you know, we, we've got the, the foot in the door, but we cannot stop. We've got to keep until we can grow it in our backyards. And not like we had talked about before, 
I think the real change is that people start growing their own and start being self-sufficient with things, not just marijuana, food, um, other, many other things, building their own things um, instead of being reliant on big business or whatever. Um, this is all part of the decentralization movement of people starting to, to be their own uh, providers in a way. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm totally on board with all that. I, but, I would uh, say I would say that the the most important thing at the end of the day, like you were just kind of um, hitting on there, is to continue to push this past cannabis. You know what I mean? Like we need to be aware of the fact that this whole thing shows us as a society that if we actually stand together and unite, that we have power. Even even at this late totalitarian police state stage, we have power if we can unite and and actively speak out together. So we need to continue to push legalization for cannabis, but at the same time, use this as a rallying point to stand and push other civil liberties. You know, we fight for our rights that are constantly being eroded right now and use this as that platform to push forward. Yeah, that's a great point to end on. So um, I, I'm going to drop a few links in the show notes. Uh, Ryan's written some really good articles uh, about the marijuana movement, about a lot of these topics that we've talked about, um, including the GMOs, the big marijuana um, some other ones. So I want to drop some links in the show notes. Please go check that out. Please check out The Last American Vagabond. Um, uh, we're going to have a lot of great stuff coming, moving forward. Uh, this this project that we've been working on in the last few years is really starting to grow. So it's a really exciting time for it. Um, once again, thank you for listening. I hope you did learn something and keep pushing. Thanks again. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me on, Tim. <laughs>